Hey everybody, before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 10, 10, 10 of the Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast, where wrestling meets reality. Today's episode is going to be about Roman Reigns is returning to WWE television, as well as the downfall of the main roster. Let's get started. So the first piece of news is that it was announced a couple of days ago that Roman Reigns, the big dog, will be returning to WWE television on Monday for all, at all, and I'm very excited for this, um, when Roman announced that he had leukemia again, it kind of punched a hole into the gut of every WWE fan, because most people have dealt with cancer, either they've gone through it, their family's gone through it, my grandma had cancer twice, and fought him both times, and succeeded, and knowing that Roman is dealing with this, kind of helps bring a human aspect to wrestling, because people forget that Roman is a is a human. I'm gonna say he on a why, but Roman is a human. Joe Annoy, I think they say his name, is a human. And knowing that he is dealing with this serious thing, everybody was th- saying thank you, Roman, cheering him. People's been wishing him well on Twitter and Instagram and such. So him announcing that he's returning, but them they're announcing he's returning to television to update us Monday. It's a very good sign that he's able to travel to make the announcement, that he has the energy to make the announcement, and stuff like that. So I'm very excited to see where where he ends up from here. I don't know if he's um, recovered yet or not, because it's rumored that he would be fighting at Mania. And from what I understand about leukemia, this form of cancer takes about a year to fight completely. And he's been gone for about five months. So unless he did very, very intense chemotherapy, I highly doubt he's clear to compete, or even close at this point. But if some, if for some reason he is clear to compete, then that's awesome. That he fought very hard and very well to to get out of this very quickly. So that was a, that's a good sign if he is able to fight. But if he is able to fight to compete, I'll be very surprised. Because like I said, the leukemia takes about a year, from what I understand, to... Um, fight off. So that's good news to hear that he's able to travel and to come out and talk about his condition and hopefully that his update is a positive one. But I can't wait to see him back Monday and go from there and see how he's doing. So now we get into our next segment about WWE's downfall on their main roster. The next segment in today's episode is about Derby's current state of their main roster. And the fact is, their main roster is in shambles. In shambles, people. And it's just hard to see. It's embarrassing to see, even. A lot 
of pieces fit into this puzzle to make this happen. While SmackDown Live is doing Bell and Raw and this, that, and the other, looking at the WWE as a whole, since 2016, they have been absolute trash. And the main reason I'm saying this is three words or three letters, NXT. Well, call-ups, that is. If you don't know what NXT is, if you live under a rock for some reason, NXT is WWE's quote-unquote developmental brand, which is being called their third brand. Triple H oversees that. Vince oversees the main roster. On NXT, those who are on NXT, they're big stars. They feel big. They feel like big stars. They have good matches, incredible matches. And compared to main roster pay-per-views, most times NXT takeovers steal the show for the whole weekend. People compare that to the main roster's pay-per-views, and most of the time NXT wins in that regard. And since they started calling up NXT stars in 2016-15, they've not had a good track record. I can go as far as back as Finn Balor's debut. His debut was the last debut that was moment that was mon- monumental. Excuse me, I'll get it out. And ever since then, every NXT call-up since then has been garbage. Those who I would say had successful call-ups was Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Sami- it took Sami Zayn a little while to get there, but he got to be pretty over. Um, Finn Balor had one. Um, and that's a bad Mustafa Ali, who was not an NXT, but he was pretty over until I love and called up from there. But the story is that, um, quite, I can count the successful call ups on one hand, almost two maybe, if that. I can't think of any on the top of my head, but that's how bad it is. But WWE has killed NXT momentum drastically to the point where I hate to hear call of rumors because back when they first started I was like oh yeah Finn Balor would do great in the main roster Shinsuke Nakamura would do good in the main roster this and the other Bobby Roode would do wonderful in the main roster as a heel and those names I just mentioned Shinsuke Nakamura has faded into obscurity um Bobby Roode has been made an absolute joke of. In NXT, he was a serious heel. He made business and he loved money type of atmosphere he made. When he got on the main roster, he feuded with Dolph Ziggler, won the United States Championship, and he just faded into obscurity and now he's a down. He's in a tag team with Chad Gable. And those who are in, t- in tag teams with Chad Gable are just, they have no direction. Chad Gable was great as well, and as an example, going to be not using talent. Him and Jason Jordan, for example, I almost forgot they were in NXT. They were one of the most over-tag teams in NXT at the time. They kind of called the main roster, they split up like two months later. WWE has killed NXT's momentum in, in a hole, basically. And as long as they're in NXT, you love them. But in the main roster, and they just fade into obscurity. And this is made prevalent by the last... Two years, I'd say. One of the most over groups in NXT was Sandy, Eric Young, Alexander Wolf, Killian Dane, and Nikki Cross. They got debut. They debuted on the main roster on SmackDown Live. They announced them they'll come for two months on in video packages. And when they debuted, they did a little ruckus, but then nothing. Then Nikki Cross debuted almost a year later. 
And it's not a mention of her with Sandy. And Sandy's just, no one cares about none of them. And I, when Eric Young debuted in WWE in 2016 or whatever, I was high for him. Because I loved his, I fought him in TNA. He was very good in TNA in his early days. Bobby Roode, I was excited for him. More of the story is, uh, everyone that came over, Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe, anyone from TNA that came over, I was hype about. Kishiko Nakamura, I was hype when he came over, and all that. And now that on the main roster, no one cares about them. This time, I say year before last, if you said Shinsuke was on the main roster, I'd say he's in the main event scene with AJ Styles. They did that. It was trash. Samoa Joe, he's been, he's in the main event scene now, but he I don't take him seriously. He got out first in the in the um in the limit can't talk so he got out first in the elimination chamber I do believe, but in all the big moments Joe has fell flat too. So Joe's in the main event scene by the seat of his pants. He's trying to hold on, but he doesn't he doesn't make he doesn't win when it counts. And this is the saying that Derby has killed. NXT's momentum going forward. Any call up that they rumor, I don't want to hear. I dread NXT call ups now. I dread when EC3 was coming up. I was excited for like a second, but then he got caught up. I was just a smile of mirrors and doesn't he, he doesn't speak. Law Sullivan, he's and that's an example too. Law Sullivan, he keeps having panic attacks, <laughs> anxiety attacks. People say, well, he's scared of the crowd and all that. Maybe that's so. But he's seen how all this is unfolding. He, I'd be scared, too, if I was lost. So him not debuting is a smart thing, I think. He needs to do something else. And so NXT call-ups is a death sentence, I feel, now. And that's sad. And the, um, I just know the cake could be, would be that Vince McMahon said that the current roster before this week did not, they lacked superstars. And if I was on the main roster, if I was Seth Rollins, if I was Dean Ambrose, if I was, if I was anybody on the main roster, I would be offended by that greatly. Because of what, of that. Why aren't the current roster superstars? Because Vince is killing their momentum. Vince and the, the creative team, I've said this before, it's just, it's just a bunch of monkeys. <laughs> in just a, Imagine monkeys in the zoo. Making the hey, uh, point out a picture, point at two pictures. Okay, then a few now. That's how basically the crib goes. They don't think about things. I don't think they they just go. They just make random decisions. Hope it works. And Vince like, okay, let's do that. And they just go off whatever. I don't. There's no plans involved. And it's been rumored. It's been um told that. Recently, with all the NXT call-ups, it's been noted that they don't have any story plans for them. They just caught them up. And this past Monday, my fear was met. I didn't know I was afraid of it. They called up Alistair Black, John Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and Ricochet for the best to ever grace NXT. And they're all in the mid-card from the get-go. It's been said too is you do not debut such talent in the mid card. All of them are main eventers. Tommaso Ciampa and John Gargano and Alistair Black especially have been in the main event scene for almost like over a year now. Total. Ricochet's been killing it as the North American champion. He's been killing it in matches with whomever. His match against Adam Cole was one of the best moments. It was a very good match. 
Bring them on the main roster. Where they at? Not the main event scene in tag teams and mid-card matches. They bought DIY, not fighting individually. I would have put, let's say, John Gargano against Seth Rollins. But Tonsil Champa versus Drew McIntyre. Something like that. Nope, they're going to be in the tag team as DIY facing the Revival. And that kind of kills all the, all the um, continuity of NXT. Because Johnny and Tommaso have been feuding endlessly for the last year or so. Even though they're teaming here and there, you can still tell that they are feuding. On the main roster, they act like that nothing's happened. They are, they've been friends the whole time. And you have Alistair Black facing off against Elias, of all people. You can have him face off against anybody. Again, I could, you can have him face off against... Seth Rollins, he can be another name. Just, and that's hard, too. Is you can't really think of people who would, oh, I can't wait to see this match. Oh, I can't say, wait to see this match. Or as far as Raw goes. Raw has, Raw is suffering considerably. And out of the two shows, Raw and SmackDown, I've said this in the last episode, Raw is bad. It is very bad, people. But they had these four debut on Raw and then SmackDown. SmackDown is where I saw promise, a silver lining at least. They had Alistair Black facing off against Andrade. While Andrade is kind of in the mid-card as well, his matches with Rey Mysterio the last few months or so has been kind of the main event, the co-main event scene to the WWE Championship picture. Every time Andrade and Rey Mysterio fought, everybody was talking about the matches. I went back and watched the matches in its entirety, and that says something about me if I go back and watch a match after the fact. But Andrade vs. Alistair Black was a feud also in NXT that was, was very good. So then we're living that feud here, that match was pretty good. You had Ricochet fight off against Eric Young. Well, that's not... Ricochet's match in Raw was better than this, I will say. It's back and forth kind of, it's weird. But based on all the call-ups, SmackDown had a better offer. He had DIY face off against the ball in a very good match. Again, I would around seeing John Gargano face off against AJ Styles and Tommaso fight, uh, fight Kofi Kingston or something like that. And that's crazy to say Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston's must over one of the most over people in the company. But back to the topic on hand, WWE has killed their main roster. And I honestly believe, while people might disagree with me, WWE has hit the panic button ever since AEW came to life. I feel that they have hit the pay button immediately and they're scrambling in the back trying to figure out something. They're trying to get the um, eggs in the basket get everything ready to go for when AEW launches on television and all that. And it's not good. Derby's in a position now where they're not ready for that type of competition. Back when WCW happened, they were in a similar situation as they are now, but they weren't as bad then as they are now. They were they had some stars being made, but they ended up pulling everything together and making a good product. Now, with the AEW coming about, WB is scrambling to make some type of um, noise, to make some type of interesting product. And based on how they've booked their superstars over the last two or three, I'd say over the last five years, they have no star power at all to make stars. Nor do they have the creative booking to make stars. Their booking, it's like, imagine putting a paper bag over your head. 
All right, press some buttons, see what happens, type of scenario. That's what they're doing. And they, they've made such a mess over their product over the last five years that they're in a mess. They're in a place where they cannot come back from as quick as they want because AEW is coming out in May, I think. The ball rolling, their ball is rolling in May. WWE has like 30 months to get all that stuff together. They are not going to do well. This will be WWE's biggest competition, this big, their biggest area of intensement they've ever seen because they have spent the last five or six years not really focusing on what if we have competition, boss? Ah, oh, we ain't got no competition. Just keep going. They get competition. And if I had to pinpoint two things that kind of began the downfall of WWE's main roster, I would say WWE as a whole is is Roman Reigns and ending the streak. With Roman Reigns, it was announced, I remember it, I was at the gym in 2012. And uh, 2013, one the two. And I remember getting a, a notification from uh, WrestleTalk about WWE's long-term plans for Roman Reigns revealed. They were pushing him from WrestleMania, I think it was 30 to 35. That was the goal. Like, no way they can push this one guy for five years straight. No way. One year passed, two years passed, three years passed, four years passed. And they, WWE was still pushing Roman Reigns. And it took, sadly, a leukemia diagnosis to derail the push. And Derby was focusing so much on this one guy, Roman Reigns, that they really, they had built no one else up. They built nobody else up. And that surprised me. I'm like, how, how um, tunnel visioned is Derby becoming, is Vince becoming? They focused on building up Roman Reigns and that they killed so many superstars' momentum. Roman Reigns what, eat everybody alive and he stepped, in, stepped in his path. And then now that Roman Reigns was diagnosed with leukemia, sadly, they had no plans in place. They had no superstars in place. And you could tell he was hitting the panic button immediately when Roman Reigns announced this. They tried to build Braun Strowman up immediately. You look where he's at, feeding Baron Corbin and Steel. They tried to build Drew McIntyre, and some reason that's fizzled out, but I, I heard they're trying to get back on that. Seth Rollins has got a good thing going, but he's injured at the moment. And also, I also will give a third reason. I'll get to that after the second. But them pushing Roman Reigns solely for five years was the biggest mistake that they could have made. Going back to the Attitude Era, WCW days, they pushed Austin, they pushed Rock, they helped Undertaker get excelled, they even pushed Chris Jericho, and some people like that was getting pushed along the way. Not just one guy. And you would think that we would take that formula, okay, we push five or six guys total over the course of two or three years. Let's do it again. Nah, we'll just push this one guy for five years. He'll be fine. And they never thought of, well, what if he gets injured? What if he gets? What if he passes away? Nah, he'll be fine. That type of thing happens. And all heck is broken loose. And I'm not blaming Roman whatsoever for this. This is none of this is his fault. Roman Reigns is a very good worker. He was a very good worker, very good wrestler. Just his push, his constant shoving down our throat push is what was getting people mad at him. He was a very good wrestler, very talented, very energetic. But his push was just killing everything else around him. Second thing is that Untaker losing to Brock Lesnar 
is a bad, one of the worst decisions they could have made. You had the Undertaker, I believe it was 20, I can't remember, I can't remember the number, but he was about, I would say, I think it was 30, no, I can't remember how many it was, but he, Undertaker went for years to undefeated WrestleMania. Every year, as Triple H could beat him, as Sidney Punk could beat him, as um, so-and-so could beat him, year after year, Undertaker fought hard to remain undefeated. Out of anybody that you could have chosen that could have benefited from that victory, you chose the Beast, Brock Lesnar. What what has Brock Lesnar done since then? Nothing. When you think of someone beating the Undertaker, you see them as well. Their, their career is going to be submitted. Their legacy is submitted. Their career is going to be very well from here on out. Some will say Brock Lesnar had a good career. I, I, in, in 20 years... I would not remember Brock Lesnar's career from then to now. Honestly, I wouldn't. I enjoyed Brock Lesnar in the ring. I enjoy his, his presence is phenomenal. But his career is lackluster at best. Because booking. Booking is the primary issue here, people. But he went from being the Undertaker to being the Universal Champion. And he defended that title, I'd say, three times a year. And that's been going on for three years now. So you've seen that title over the last three years, probably 10, 11 times at most. In three years. Then you got the WWE Championship being defended almost at every pay-per-view. So you've seen that, you've seen that championship a lot. And it's gotten to the point where we forget, oh, Brock Lesnar's champion. Where's the Universal Championship? Who's the champion? You forget. So WWE putting all the eggs in the basket on Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar both is the issue going on. The booking, if you had to dissect every, all these issues into one word, it's booking. 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 Because booking is what makes a show. It's what builds a superstar. It's what builds a pay-per-view. It's what builds a, a rivalry. And booking now is like reading Braille and trying to do stuff like that. It's like going in blind. I'm not making fun of blind people at all. Don't give me don't think that. But booking now is just trying to make make do. We'll get through this week and then we'll do better. We'll get through this week and then we'll I always say that after WrestleMania, WWE's booking is the worst because they're like, okay, I'm t- that was that was a big one. Let's take a break. We'll try again at the next rumble. Take a break. Take a take a break, guys. You deserve it. They're in that mindset constantly now. They're booking bass backwards. They're booking in a way that infuri- infuriates some fans to their core. Yes, fans still watch the show. That's all that matters in the end of it to most, I know. But if you're a hardcore fan, if you want to see good wrestling, you don't go to WWE no more. Everybody talks about New Japan, how they were some of the best wrestlers in the world. I like Ring of Honor. And AEW, like I said, they're the reason that WWE is in a frenzy. AEW is the reason that WWE is um, scampering around for good stories. So I see this AEW versus WWE. I honestly think AEW has a chance to be better. But we'll see. So that's just me talking about the main about Roman Reigns' baton. I'm excited for that. As well as my infuriate with WWE at the moment. So what do you think about all this? Let me know in the comments below. 
Thank you for listening to the Tim and the Ice Podcast. I'll see you in the next one.